Hello there, my name is Jordan, you're listening to The Senshi Study, a podcast where I drag my friends in to watch, discuss, and analyze every Magical Girl anime to learn what it takes to become a Magical Girl. Class is now in session. Hi, welcome to The Senshi Study, the one-on-one on Magical Girls. Today, I ended up having a special guest, real-life magical girl and my bestie. Hi, I'm Kara. So Kara will be today's study buddy, and we are watching something new today. Yes. The Star Twinkle Precure series. Yes. Now, I have been looking forward to do a Precure series for a long time, considering I started this and have never watched one before. Everything before was just snippets of Sailor Moon, Madoka, and every awful bloody modern piece that comes out from Maho Shoujo in a post-Madoka era. Do you have any experience watching, reading, or anything like that for Maho Shoujo? Well, aside from Madoka, uh, not a ton. I, You know, Sailor Moon, the quintessential classic. Uh, but Precure has been on my radar for about as long as I've known anime. Yeah, and I think a little while back, I, know, I used to know that I was planning to watch the recent one, Hugto Precure, but it got way ahead of me and I got lost in the dust. Mm-hmm. And then I also recently tried watching it myself and... I, I probably want to give it a second try later. It looks very nice. The characters look appealing. Uh, babies scare me, so I'm going to delay that one a little bit. But I was really happy to dive into this one, and at a really good time, too. Mm-hmm. Because just when we're able to be more free to record again, uh, back in, I think, February, we had Star Twinkle Precure start. Yep. And we'll get into the details of it later, but we'll play some theme music, because class is now in session. about Star Twinkle Precure episodes one through three, you can go treat this like a book club. So you will hear us summarize and react and analyze every single part of this from episodes one through three, opening, ending, or any small details we have along the way. On top of that, it's worth mentioning a couple disclaimers ahead of time. One, this series is not easy to find. You can't find this on Crunchyroll Mm -hmm. or Netflix. So, pirate... Or however, if you can obtain it legally, do that. Oh, and the other disclaimer is the obvious one, spoilers ahead, so watch the episodes one through three before listening to this one. Or if you just want to go straight into it and just hear what we think of it and maybe that'll get you into it, then this would be a great way to just dive in and catch up. That way you don't have to watch the recent stuff to get into the new stuff, Mm because we're going to be talking about what happens along the plot anyways. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go start off with episode one. Episode 1, Shining in Space, Cure Star is Born. So, we're going to start with the actual episode, and it starts with the main character of the four, but she's the main, main one. Yes. In the same way that Sailor Moon is the main, main Sailor Scout. She's the pink one. Yeah, she's the pink one, and as you know, the pink ones have to be the main characters. I've seen Yukiyuna as a hero, I've seen Madoka, other pre-Cure series existed, Usually the pink one's the main character. Yeah, I was going to say that's usually... I don't know if that's with all of them, Mm -hmm. but generally. But, like, pink is to Precure or Maho Shoujo as, like, red is to the Power Rangers. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, or you usually get a red or blue in some kind of shonen. Yeah. Actually, surprising amount of orange. You get warm colors in a lot of shonen. Yeah. All right, so we get our main character, Hikaru Hoshina, who ends up seeing a constellation, and it's, uh, she's just drawing things in her journal, and as she's doing so, you can get a decent pan around the room, mm-hmm. which I really liked, because you can see that this character is a big old nerd. Yes. She's got so much stuff. Definitely. And I love her place. And it's just covered in space stuff, which immediately tells you like the motif of the entire series. Mm-hmm. But she's drawing, and she ends up having a constellation of something brand new as being as this like weird little figure. And I think we're introduced to our very first fairy character. Yes, Fua. Fua. And Fua, Fua. Like, just like bursts out of the book and bonks her on the head. Yeah. And takes her to a magic wonderland. And took my heart. Yeah. So let's go talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're kind of expecting these characters to be really annoying. Yeah. I normally think animal mascots are super annoying, especially if they don't speak, mm-hmm. a, like, a human language. Yeah, they're just, like, cute Pokemon that are otherwise functionless. Yeah. But, but Fua is great. Yeah. She, like, captured her hearts, and as we see right here, just right off the bat, this is on top of good foreshadowing and good art, it's also a way to show Fua is useful, because she's going to be able to take our characters and then, like, warp them through places, which is really mm-hmm. cool. And we also get to see, like, part of the warp gate and, like, the weird, crazy world of this show's version of space, or mm-hmm. some kind of space, which is gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. What One word to describe this show, mm-hmm. I bet we can agree. Mm-hmm. Colorful. Oh, it's, it's bursting in color, and as soon as it just drops her off, it ends up going to the opening theme, which we can only describe as, one, adorable, and two, colorful. colorful. And I... So I'm just going to say ahead of time, this is going to be for later as well during the ending. I love seeing characters dance. It's just a weird thing for me that I'm immediately going to give it a higher ring just because I saw characters dance. And they definitely have that in the mm-hmm. opening. And I adore that. Let's see. And one thing they also like is I think it also leads to some of the themes of the show, especially with the space and imagination. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that a little bit further. So in the next morning, she sees that the little fairy creature is not there, and she's just rushing downstairs afterwards, and we get to see her family. If you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her family is grandparents and her mother. I think so. Yeah, notably no father, which who we're told is the one who owned the weird planetarium, the gigantic planetarium yes. room she lived in. Yeah. And she's just rushing out, says hi to parents. But she doesn't do it right. Yeah. She's not respectful enough to her, to her grandfather. Yeah, we have to have that uh, fi- filial, piety, filial piety. Filial piety? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, so Asian. I got this unlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Just a, a, an interesting touch of how they emphasize that for a little bit. Yeah, it, it just shows like how much this is a kid's show. It's teaching your kids. Behave themselves. Yeah. yeah. Respect your elders. Exactly. So she scurries on out, ends up getting herself donuts in this... And the, uh, Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, now that we're talking about like how she goes out to get donuts, stars everywhere. Yes. I, if I put this on a video, I kind of wanted to go through episode one and comb through like, the, like a little arrow and a ding mark every single time there's a star on screen, but it would take so long mm-hmm. for editing. I, I kind of want to do that someday, though, because there are stars all over her, her outfit. She ends up meeting this friend of hers, Mr. Rio, who I think we described as, like, Dr. Light. Yeah, he's, he's just Dr. Light. He's straight up Dr. Light, and we and he's his outfit's covered in stars, too. And she ends up, like, taking her donuts, ends up taking it easy by, like, a little tree or something like that. I think I can read this note now. I think I wrote Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember why I did that, though. Oh, weird. Uh, That's fine. It's, it's okay. 
Yeah. But yeah, there was definitely Dr. Light. And then Dr. It was it Dr. Light that was wearing a Mabel sweatshirt? Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Light, on top of having like little stars around his outfit, also had this rainbow across his apron. Oh! Yeah. Jackie Chan! The, the grandfather looks like the grandfather from Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> uh, like uncle? Yeah, the uncle. Yeah. Or I guess Jade's grandfather. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, so, so many references. They're not references. <laughs> They're not references. There's similarities. They're coincidence. Yeah. Coincidence. Similar character designs. And then we see Fuo just plop from the sky. And it's kind of just nice to see them unite. That's when she gets named Fuo because Fuo Fuo. Just Fuo, fluffy. Fuo. Yeah, it just means fluffy. Yep. It's just the idea of like if you have a soft dog and you name your dog Fluffy because you don't have an imagination. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because that's kind of the motif of this entire show. Yeah. But... Uh, let's see. But things end up flashing over to some other place, and we see yes. that there's a ship being attacked. Yes. And we see the greatest thing in the world. Uh, we do. Yeah. We gotta see Lala. We see Lala. So, one thing that we're just gonna have to preface, that we're huge fans of Lala. We think that she's SSS tier character design. She's the best and ever. she's the she's best girl. I, I love her so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. I actually, and... After, like, watching the series, I went to an Awaji's and immediately bought a little Lala charm. I'm so jealous. And, yeah, you should be. Uh, and I just have it in my room so I can wake up and see it every single day. And it blesses us every single day. Yeah. Like, after I got her, it's just been, like, the most magical time. Yeah. And I just believe in Lala's magic. And we get to see that they're being attacked right now. And luckily, back on Earth, Fua ends up creating this crazy huge warp gate and that's when Lala's spaceship crashes onto Earth. And we get to see, like, this dramatic scene uh-huh. of, like, things landing. And we get to see, like, the doors open. The door opens and it's light. And you just see the, the silhouettes of, like, of this two aliens. Ali- of these two aliens. One has antennas just wiggling around. The other's a slime creature floating around. Oh, so yeah. ominous. So yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And then we see her. Yep. <laughs> and she's sick. Oh, she's terribly space sick. <laughs> And immediately, like, just, like, falls out to, like, just vomit, cry, whatever it's going to be in this case. That's the most precious thing ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's so cute. And she also speaks, because she just speaks an alien language. And to make the matters even worse for this little girl, she's spotted by Earthlings. Yeah. Yeah, as... very good. Yeah, Hikaru ends up seeing both Lala and her other partner in crime, Prunce. Yeah. Who's a, a slime thing? Yeah, he's a floating slime, like you've seen in like Dragon Quest yeah. and Maple Story. Yeah, and we will also go into that later of how much I absolutely love Princess Design as a and as a character because he's the other like quote unquote fairy creature, mm-hmm. but and also like your guide. But I love him so much in design. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, just a, a plus all around right here. And then we learn that they're being. Well, th- there's a big panic right now. Aliens spotted by Earthlings. Yeah. Not going well. Worse things come because there are more aliens yeah, coming. Yeah, more aliens. Back. Yeah, which we learn that they're the little grunts called the Not Rays, as they're yeah. part of a group called the Not Raiders. Yeah. I, I don't know why they're called that. I, I wonder if there's, like, not or it's like, oh, astronaut. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. Like, astronaut. It might just be because it sounds cool. Let's be yeah. honest. It's an yeah. anime. Yeah, that, that makes sense. 
So they're being attacked by little aliens and little gray spacesuits and stuff like that. And they need to escape. So all four of them, Fua, Hikaru, Lala, and Prince, run straight into the rocket. I guess Hikaru sneaked onto there. Yes, she did sneak on. Yeah. And aliens don't take kindly to the idea of having Hikaru inside there. But they did bring Fua, so they had that going for them. But the spaceship keeps getting attacked by whatever's up there. Minor detail that we might have left out. Yeah. Lala and Prince were looking for Fua. Yes, that they ended up trying to search for Fua for some mysterious reason. That Fua. Yes. Again, one thing I like is that Fua is part adorable mascot creature, part adorable daughter pet thing, and also is a really useful plot device. Mm-hmm. Like, she's useful into this series. She's like a possible guffin slash savior, and I really like that. To make sure that, oh, we need every single one of our main characters and every single precure. Everybody's important here. Nobody's really disposable, even the side mascot characters, and I really appreciate that in this series. Yeah. And... As this place keeps getting bombarded with, like, missiles, attacks, or lasers, or whatever, over and over, there is a rip into the spaceship, and Fua is sent flying out of there, and we just immediately gasped. I gasped so loudly. (laughs) Yeah, we... I I don't know what it is about this series, but it turns us back to children. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. We have no problem watching some of the, like, really dark Maho Shoujo series out there. We've seen some of the dark scenes. We've seen the dark clips. Both of us are huge fans of Madoka. But for some reason, when we're watching the series, we're back to children again, gasping, and I feel like I'm my five-year-old self watching Pokemon and Kids WB again, or whatever it is on 4Kids or Toonami. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way, the series is just really magical to us. But yeah, it was just sent flying out there, and of course, Hikaru has to just save because he got to protect. And I think it's just really cute. And there's this really wonderful part of the scene in which everything goes completely silent. Yes. Yeah, and like, oh god, is she dead? I mean, we know that she won't be, but there's a certain suspense to it. And we get to see, well, after Hikaru ends up saving Fua, Fua ends up transforming her notebook that was passed down to her by Mr. Ryo that was, like, inside her father's... um, I guess, who I guess has some relationship to her father or something like that. Yeah, I I think I missed that. I don't remember Astronomers or something like that. Or, but yeah, but this was like Mr. Rio's like notebook that he passed on to her. Weird, mm-hmm. mysterious reasons behind that. Mm-hmm. But it turns out this thing is surprisingly magical because Fua yeah. turns this notebook into a magic notebook, which looks like amazing merch. And also <laughs> she gets a color pendant and also gets a little color pen, which again, we're trying to go back to, of course, you need your accessories and your merch yep. because this is a Precure series. But you also have, like, this wonderful thing with the book and the pen. It goes back to this theme of, like, drawing and imagination, just like the very beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see our first transformation, Ugh. Kira Star. And one thing that really surprised us is that they sing yes. their, their transformations. Ugh. And it's really precious. It's so pure. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the actual way they animate the transformations as well. It's mm-hmm. happy and it's cute. And, of course, it's so colorful. Uh, each of the four precures, as we'll go along the way, have their own motif or symbol mm-hmm. as well. Of this is Cure Star, so of course she gets a star. Lots of pink around there, and I think one thing that we're just gushing about is the way she puts on the outfit as well. Yeah, because she has her color pen. Yeah, and she draws on her yeah, outfit, it's... and not just draws it on. She has like almost like a brush, and she puts it over her head, and like little headdress appears. She puts it, my favorite part of the transformation is when she puts it over her leg as well, and there's this whole like cosmic galactic legging that we absolutely adore oh it is just i wish changing so creative it's it's a really creative transformation and i wish it makes me wish i can just transform like that as well oh, I wish. why can't i just 
draw my own transformation. It makes me wish I were a better artist. But God, if I can just like draw on my clothes. Be wonderful. Uh, and like they're all like gorgeous and decorated in anime. But we get to see her transform. She becomes Cure Star. And we also see our first enemy, uh, Capard, who, as we know, is Kappa Picard. This show really likes their <laughs> space motifs. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to just see her be able to punch. Uh, I think it's just, was it just Star Punch? Yeah. Yeah, and so. it was like fun animation. You see her just hop around these stars as she's like getting used to it. I think, oh yeah, there's also that like Sailor Moon callback of her like, oh god, what's going on? I, she, she's, yeah, it, I think it was almost exactly like mm-hmm. a frame for frame recreation of when Sailor Moon first transformed. Yeah. So yeah, it was almost a frame for frame mirror of these Sailor Moon reactions. Yes. Of like, oh, what's happening to me? Uh, I did it. What happened? Why are my clothes different? The confusion on her face was just adorable. And then just watching her gang to the rhythm of it as well as she's just jumping around in space. And I think with, it's funny that you ended up mentioning that earlier with this whole Sailor Moon similarity. Because this entire series ends up having a shared motif with Sailor Moon. Because mm-hmm. it's Sailor Moon and you have the different planets and it has this like relationship with space. Little weird planetary things in their hair too. And this one ends up having like this very similar thing. Mm-hmm. So despite, I think this is like the 15th or 16th Precure. And it's almost like... Too many to count. Yeah, but it's a, it's just a fun callback to something like Sailor Moon, though. Mm-hmm. And we get to see her hop around space as she gets her space legs ready and does her signature star punch and is able to beat the bad guys. She's pulled back into the spaceship and let's see what ends up happening afterwards. They uh, go back down? Oh. Uh, is that in this episode? or is Oh, yeah, they, they end up going back down. Kinda. There was... Right. Hikaru and Lala ended up, was it, they are shaking hands or holding hands or something like that, and then Fu was over both their hands so they can speak to each other now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they can understand each other last second, and then we learn that the ship is in critical condition and it's gonna start to mm-hmm. crash. And that's end of episode one. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the ending. Oh, my God. Dances. Dances, color, and... And in all capitals in my notes, mm-hmm. adorable CG. Right. One thing we wanted to mention is that the entire ending is in CG. Yeah. And it's really well done it and is charming CG. Amazingly done. Yeah, and this is coming from an oh, animatrix. That great. But you have, I have a no authority on this. But you definitely have a passion about it. Yeah. And this is really good CG. Yeah, it uh, really is. So what do you think made this CG so good? Uh, I can't say it in like nice articulate <laughs> professional terms. It's just not lumpy. Mhm. And it's, it's, it looks almost shiny. It, it's very yeah. clear. Because like, my problem with CG a lot of the time is that it... it it's clearly CG. It, well, or... I, not even that. Because this is still clearly sh- CG. Mm-hmm. But it, it's almost... The lines are almost muddier. Okay. Because I think you have maybe less definition than you would mm-hmm. if it was just drawn. Yeah. A lot of the time. I don't really know how to describe it. All I can really think of it as is fuzzier. Yeah. A lot of the times in CG. But I think it's, they use the fuzziness really well here. Yeah, it's really well done. It doesn't look bad. Yeah, I, I wonder if... Have you seen No Game No Life? No, Okay. Uh, one of the animation techniques they use in No Game No Life is instead of having um, a black outline for everything, they use a red one. I have seen that, yes. Yeah. And that makes the entire thing a lot softer and more surreal. Mm-hmm. And I think they end up having their thicker signature colors instead of having a black outline here as well. Or sometimes in CG, you'll have no outline. Mm-hmm. But they end up using a soft color outline. So, for example, yeah. Lala has a bit of a was a cyan or sea foamish. So. Soleil has an orange one. Celine has a purple one, and of course, Star has a pink one. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a lot of softness around the edges to make it still feel very 
anime and to make it less jarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the rest of it's also it's maybe it also helps it feel a little bit cell shaded as well. So you just think, yeah. oh, this is just very smooth. It's very nice, like you ended up mentioning earlier. I also just have a weakness for dances. Yeah, I think it might be sort of in the line of live 2D mm-hmm. uh, 3D modeling, which still looks very much 2D mm-hmm. with, with some 3D elements. Yeah. Because I think what usually it, it appears off to me about CG and anime is you have these 3D models on top of backgrounds that are often still 2D animated or maybe they're not but a lot of the time it's such a huge change all of a sudden it's really jarring yeah all I can ever think of is when I when I want to think of bad CG in anime I think no farther than the broadcast version of Meikaku City actors oh uh, that one's really Ayano's Theory of Happiness is is that the one with like really really intense CG what do you mean by if you mean if by intense you mean awful then yes (laughs) yeah there's lifeless yeah awkward Mm -hmm. like that's what I think of when I think of CG CG most of the time. Especially this is in anime. not like that at all. Yeah. It also helps that I think they also have CG backgrounds, mm-hmm. but they're very colorful and moving around. And I think that constant motion makes it a weird mix. It's surprisingly not too overwhelming either. I think it might not just be what that they're doing CG a certain way for this. I think it's actually just a trend in general hmm. of CG becoming better in anime because yeah. think... Zombieland Saga, mm-hmm. uh, just the fall before, yeah. has a very similar usage of CG. Doesn't look quite as good, but it still looks good. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's very, very much growing is the use of CG has been smoother and is allowing. Oh yeah, one thing that's also really big recently is Kaguya-sama. Yes, and you end up having people, you know, capture the different movements to make really good CG. It, it was. I, I don't remember if the exact term was. I don't know if it was rotoscoped or just mm-hmm. a similar concept. Yeah. But that ending is oh my god! I've watched the like sort of frame by frame yeah. breakdown. Yeah. Of that, it is gorgeous. Also, if anybody needs an argument of why Lala is the best, if anybody's seen the extremely adorable Kaguya-sama Love Is War ending for and love the character Chika, it is worth mentioning that Chika and Lala actually had the same voice actress. Yep. And Chika is one of my favorite characters of all time too, and it just makes it even more perfect. Things just kind of work out that way. So we've gone on about this for a long time, but it was definitely worth it because it's just worth mentioning how much that this is just worthy of gushing over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Episode two, A Friend from Space, Cure Milky is Born. All right, so... I wonder who that is. And if you remember, we just had a huge crash. And yes. we're going to c- conclude the tr- crash. And Lala's going to try to fix her rocket, and she's an absolute wonderful genius. And I think one thing we didn't get to emphasize as much last episode that we get to emphasize this episode is her antenna. Yes, oh, her antennae, oh my... Yeah, so pretty early in the episode, we also get to see the functioning of her antenna. So she gets to go talk to her AI. Yes. She gets to use these things to repair. Mm-hmm. They have little bits of electricity as she's able to use these to give Prince massages. And they have the most adorable greeting in the world on her planet. Oh my god. So you know how, like, oh my god, is this like a... Re- do you think this might be a reference to E.T. in a way? Very possibly. Yeah, so you know how, it, uh, for anybody listening, because this is amazing to talk about this for an audio-only medium. Oh yeah, and, uh, absolutely. 
there's that part in E.T. in which they just touch the tips of their fingers and stuff like that. Yeah. So with Lala's people, they end up having their antenna just touch the very yeah, end. Oh, my God. It's and, the cutest thing ever. Oh, I, I love it so much. And the way that Lala ends everything with Lun and then Prince everything ends everything with Prince. Is, I know it's like a cutesy anime thing that works a lot. This is one of the times I would say this works a lot better in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely love those tiny quirks right there. They're just so, so cute. We also have Prince explaining our main exposition time yeah expedition time our main plot so he explains that one there's the whole idea that they're trying to go hide Fua right now because aliens are going to try to take her. Two, that there is 12 star princesses who protect the universe and they're scattered because their planet went bye-bye. Three, the not raiders are the bad guys. And four, there are heroes that they're trying to look for and that's the reason that Lala and Prince need to go find Fua because with Fua's help, Fua is able to get the Precures, which, you know, roll credits, that's the name of the meta series. The Precure are basically magical warriors in the series. Yeah. There's like, and I think that's just so straightforward. I love it. There's they're the, the Sailor Scouts. They're the Sailor Scouts. They're the ones here to defend the universe. And one thing I found really surprising with the series is how accessible it was because this is the upteenth something mm-hmm. Precure series in the meta series. And I am a person who was actually usually pretty daunted by meta series, mm-hmm. whether it was a Digimon or Power Rangers or whatever else on TV, because I always felt like I had to watch some level of the earlier ones to get it. Yeah, like when I first saw Lala, I was like, oh, I've got to watch this new Precure. But like, do I need to watch the previous ones first? I'm going to look up and see how many. It can't be that bad. Yeah. It was like 700 episodes so far. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, because there is... Yeah, actually, yeah, it was about 700 episodes because there are about 15-ish series, and each series is planned to go on for an entire year with nearly no stops. So that's about 50 episodes per series. It's crazy. Yeah, so I was really worried, like, oh my god, do I need to have actually watched all of these? I don't know anything about Precure. I don't know anything about the previous ones. And I know that they plan on having crossover events every single year, just Mm -hmm. as... Because they're just fun, and that's what you do when you have a meta series. Yeah. You play with the idea. Like the Doctors. Exactly. And with Power Rangers, when like all of them are in the same wonderful Dragon Ball Z canyon thing. The the whole like rock query thing. But for Precure, this is a really accessible series. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it, and I, and I feel like I'm not missing anything. Yeah. We had so much fun, and we felt like we know everything that's going on with the series. We feel like experts, despite being so new to Precure. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really appreciate of how good of a job they did to make sure that each generation can be somebody's favorite generation, no problem Mm -hmm. like it's obvious that yes they're talking about something that has this big history about it that other people know a lot about but you don't feel like you're missing pieces you're just like okay this is you know something that exists and you know they're trying to get the next generation or whatever yeah and you don't feel the need to have known what happened in the past yeah and with the concept of a meta series you can just jump in to this new series and it's pretty much a soft reboot each time Mm -hmm. and that makes it so easy to just have fun with it all we need to know about precure is cool they're the warriors that save the universe. Got it. And the good guys are looking for them. Got it. Yep. All right. So, unfortunately... And the bad guys. And the bad guys are looking for it because, well, they're the ones trying to stop it. And Very I, popular. And they're trying to go take these pens as well to make sure that they can't... Well, these are just, you know, MacGuffins for power. So, yes. naturally, the bad guys want them too. So, after that, we learned that they need to go home because this is just... Well, it's getting laid out. And, unfortunately... Earth, there's a rule right now that Prince and Lala are not allowed to be found mm-hmm. because they're aliens and some intergalactic law says that 
They can't be spotted by aliens, you know, aliens in their perspective. Yeah. Or other creatures that have not discovered space travel or have discovered other aliens first. So that makes sense. You don't want to be discovered. You're going to be humans. Especially are... by humans. Oh, humans are terrifying. They're going to want to build a wall. It's terrifying. I'm sure, I'm sure Earth is like the place that spa- that aliens like lock all their spaceship doors when they pass by. Yeah, it's like, ooh, this, that's the space ghetto right there. Yeah. Just be very careful of it. Well, Prunts and Lala are li- illegal aliens in this case. Yeah. So they need to be sneaked into Ikara's room. And this is one thing that I found really fun is that Prunce, because he's this little tentacle jelly blob thing, you get to have a lot of fun with his plasticity and the ways he can actually use this for an application. So you see that he actually has his tentacles reach at the very top of the room and like pull them up oh in the most adorable way. It's magical. It really is. And it makes me just love Prunce even more because if he, all he was like a guide who gave exposition, that'd be fine. If he was that... Plus, also cute. That would be fine. But the way he's also useful and also gets to express weird creative ways, mm. it's even better. And later on in the series, we also can see the way he deforms into different shapes. And it's very expressive and fun to work with. And I maybe they're not, but I can feel like if you're an animator with this, you're having some level of fun. Oh, you, they've got to be. Yeah. So they're pulled up to Hikaru's room, which is a little unnerving for Prince and Lala because everything is about aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Right? Well, it'd be like if I just went over to your room for the first time and I saw that there were like maps of Asia everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wow, I, I see you have an interest in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> or like, but like a poorly formed version of an imagination of Asia. <laughs> like, it's vaguely forbidden temple and vaguely anime. <laughs> Awful. Oh my god. <laughs> but it, it's just kind of funny to see that like, oh, you have a lot of stuff about aliens in here. And like, she has like little pictures of herself with the alien greys in the background. Mm-hmm. And you get to see Lala like, react to like, oh, what's, this is a book. And realize, oh right, she can't read. Yeah. This is Earth language. Oh. And how disappointed she is when Hikaru says that they take her to new places and it's just an imagination, which, again, a theme of the show. Yeah. But she's called down for dinner. And one thing I love is if you remember that her grandfather ends up opening the door and Lala needs to hide somewhere. So Prince just like pulls her up to the ceiling and you get to see her that like, she's just dangling off like a cocoon on the oh. ceiling. And there's so much cute animation and stylistic choices that were completely unnecessary, but just give this stylistic flourish here. Yeah, because I don't even know where to mention it because it's just been everywhere so far, but the faces, mm-hmm. like, yeah. they're so good. They're also expressive. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about this more later, but this is something I have to say now because yeah. it's so prevalent and mm-hmm. just sticks out so much and, and <sighs> contributes so much to the enjoyment. Yeah. In case anybody can't tell yet, we're going to be gushing about this series a lot because we are surprisingly in extreme love with this series yeah like no review right now we're just gonna say 10 out of 10 we love it yeah this is bliss to us yeah and after we see she's called down for dinner she goes back up with rice balls and everything like that and and mala's not here because she's outside right now with her you know with her ai asking if she can become a precure yeah and the ai tells her that there is a 0.0000000012% chance of her becoming a precure and this really bumps her out it shouldn't though because in anime that means 100% chance you're going to become a precure yep <laughs> That's the reason we watch Shonen. The idea is like, oh, I can't ever do anything. I've watched Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing in Evangelion was supposed to happen, and it did. Yep. And But one thing that's kind of cute, though, also asks, what are Hikaru's chances, or what were her chances of becoming a precure? 0.00000012%. 
Yeah, same chance as Hikaru. Isn't oh, that wow. interesting? Huh. Yeah. Zero percent in anime is practically a hundred. Yeah. So she's really bummed out by the first statistic, surprised by the second one, and before she can really react or think about it, she's interrupted with rice balls. Oh. And we get to see them exchange food. She has space gummies. There was no Hikaru, just rice balls. Oh yeah, she's interrupted by rice balls. Floating rice balls. <laughs> Did I say space balls? Space balls. <laughs> the movie Space Balls. <laughs> with, uh, who are the actors for that? Oh, I don't, uh, Rick Moranis' yeah, that's Space Balls. the only balls. one I can remember. <laughs> oh. <sighs> okay. So she's Hikaru in- comes with <laughs> rice balls. Yep. And it's the cutest scene ever. She comes in with jelly donuts. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) Okay, but it's the cutest scene because first we get to see what Lala eats and sees that, oh, look here. Space gummies. Space gummies. That's nice. And you know, as a kid, I'd be so happy and want to be her best friend immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the only thing you have to eat on this cosmic adventure is delicious tasting gummies. gummies. That are probably sugar-free and have every nutrient you need. Yes, that is a fantasy to me. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in exchange, you get to have... Hikaru ends up giving a rice ball to Lala. And this is the cutest scene. Oh, my God. Because... She's scared of them. Oh, she's... Lala is initially terrified. She's so terrified. And she takes like a little nibble on the very end of it. And she's just so... She's just... Ah, that's the best thing in the world. And it's just oh. like... It, it's... But I love, instead of just gushing about it's the best thing ever, how she says how it's the best thing, because Lala is very analytic about yes. everything. Which I think also creates like a really good duo and foil right here, that mm-hmm. Lala is very analytic about things and is a foreigner to this area. Meanwhile, you have Hikaru, who is very knowledgeable with the lore and the people of this area, and is mm-hmm. about expression and freedom rather than analysis. And I think that makes them bounce off of each other really well, especially as the two main characters out of the four, and the two we have to work with so far. They should they should start a podcast. Yeah, with just two people with like really good chemistry that yeah. bounce off of each other. Yeah, they could have like a Star Twinkle like pre-cure podcast. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. Somebody should make a Star Twinkle pre-cure podcast. Yeah. I know I would be into it. I don't know. Like, what's the target demographic for that? Who's going to watch that? I have no idea, but if they were to find a Star Twinkle pre-cure podcast, like a study for these senshi right here, these pre-cures, it'd be really amazing if they could like, comment, and subscribe. Absolutely. And be sure to share and find the podcast on, how about something like Podbean or Google Play or however they happen to find their other podcast and advertise it to their friends? Those two to three places all sound like great options. Yeah, I... Anyways, this is a little bit off topic, but I just think it'd be really charming if Hikaru and Lala were to do that, just because they have Absolutely. such chemistry. Yeah, but you know, that doesn't happen, but so just more a on fun the... hypothetical. Oh yeah, absolutely. But more in the rice ball, she ends up going a little bit deeper onto it, and then she has like little plum in the middle. Ugh. Her tiny... Like, pickled plum. Her pickled plum in the middle, and a little freak out, because Japanese, it was like umeboshi plums, yeah. are like super sour, mm-hmm. and you guys see her react as well to that, and she's the cutest little thing and i love that <sighs> i i can't it's, i just got a gush i do too yeah so uh, does, is it shown where she sleeps overnight is it back in Kara's room or does she go back to the spaceship i don't remember and i feel bad oh. Sh- should we tell them how it's been like almost a month since we actually watched the first two episodes oh wow way to just destroy the curtain immediately oh, no. <laughs> yeah it, it, edit that so next morning comes by and, well, we have more pre-cure business to do. As, you know, yep. Prince is here to work with the pre-curers. Law is not a pre-cure. Hikaru is, so we have to work with her. 
And as they're exploring around, we get to see that Lala's just really, really sad that she doesn't get to be one. And she's almost like a little bit upset at Hikaru. Like, why does yeah. she get to be one? Like, this is my mission. I scoured the universe to become a precure and to do yeah. the right thing. And this Earth girl ends up getting it. Earth isn't even that impressive. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah, she doesn't even have antenna. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's, what's even the point? Yeah. And, well, in the middle of all of this, they get attacked, of course, of course, by Capard and the rest of the Notres, and it's super unpleasant. But it's really cool because, of course, we get to see Kira Star's transformation and just saying, like, yeah, I'm going to take them on. Lala, do the useful thing. Take Fua and get out of here. Yeah. And you can see that Lala is not doing super well right now. She doesn't no. really fight. She's just trying to get away right now, mm-hmm. and she's unfortunately really helpless. Yeah. And that's just really sad of wanting to be this big warrior and yet just say, no, get out of the fight. You have to you have your other work to do. But it also shows that with our four main characters right now, with Prince, Lala, Fu, and Hukaru, everybody's still pivotal to the plot. Mm-hmm. I guess, let's see. All right. So Lala has to go run away from more of the troops. And to make things worse, it seems like Kapard is here as well and ready to yes. attack her because Hewer Star is a little yeah. held up with everything. And... Lala's about to get attacked. And yeah, Prince, Lala gets pretty cornered. Yeah, and Prunce is so useful. He, like, throws her up there and says, like, take care of her. He's like, this guy's just a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is so underrated. And, well, she wants to become a Precure, but she can't. Cure Star shows up and tells her to become a Precure. And she still believes that she can't. And it's really sad. But then, I know that I can't do this line justice. But she ends up saying, you'll become a Precure because you're Lala. And it's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) They're so cute. It's so adorable. They're precious. I've used like my entire repertoire of words to use to describe it. Synonyms for cute and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to see. That's what it is. But you're going to need to use more of those words. Because after she says that, she says that she will become a precure to protect Fua. And we get to see. Cure Milky's transformation. Oh my god. And it's wonderful. Because it's not just about imagination for her, it's talking about her being the person she wants to be. And I think for, in a previous Senshi Study episode, we talked about the role of transformation and how a lot of time it's this fantasy of, I get to be the big kid now, and I get to be powerful, and I get to be beautiful, and all these things. But it makes sense for her because she wants to be this warrior. That's her purpose, and she finally gets to be that. Yeah, it jumped the gun a little bit, and it's doing it very early into the series. Yeah, I, I was really surprised about that. Yeah. Because, like, you know, Sailor Moon, which didn't take, like, six episodes to introduce the first other... Yeah, the other Sailor Scouts. Yeah. I think it, I think in the original Sailor Moon, the anime it did. I think in the manga or the anime, it was pretty close to instantly as well. Okay. But I think, like, earlier, the Sailor Moon that we know of was a little slower pace with that. Mm-hmm. They took their time and let us get to know... Sailor Moon and doing her solo work a little bit. Yeah. And so I was gen- genuinely surprised mm-hmm. when it appeared like, wow, Lala's actually going to become mm-hmm. a precure in this episode. Because yeah. I was really expecting like at really? least two or three more yeah. episodes. Episodes in which it could be something like, oh, Lala can go find out how she's useful without mm-hmm. being a precure and stuff like that. But I, I guess they also want to give that quick fantasy of like, you can do it. And yeah. Also, the aftermath is going to be interesting as well because you get to see now that she has to work in a team, mm-hmm. how does that work? Or now, now that she's become this thing, she has to have those responsibilities and how does that work? And I think that's just a different dimension to it. 
it would have been nice to for them to hold off on it a little bit, but we get to see the one of the cutest transformation sequences of all time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Drawing on everything. Yep. The cutest song ever. Yep, we know that it's singing. It's Chica singing. Oh. It's mentioned... While I said that like, Cure Star, her motif is a star. Mm-hmm. Cure Milky's motif is a heart. And she has the wonderful heart pose with her hands right afterwards. You know, like you take your, your thumb and your pointer finger together to make a heart and your other fingers just go out like little rays or radiance right after. And we're both doing it right yeah. now as amazing for an audio only. Yeah. But trust us, we're doing it. And we are just absolutely in love with the everything about Cure. Oh, I forgot to mention, on top of, she has a, you know, the little... Asymmetrical socks? Yeah, the asymmetric uh, cosmic legging. And it's also, it mirrors Hikaru's. Yes. So when they stand side by side, it's symmetric in between. It's so cute. And we love her colors a lot. Pink, light blue slash green, yellow, white. It's so good. They're really appealing to us. Uh, (laughs) It's one, one thing that's worth mentioning is that we just really like pastels. Yes. Yeah, we just like bright colors, and she's just rocking all of them. Yes. Oh, how did I not mention earlier? Um, like almost the like pajama outfit, like when she, before yeah. transformation, that both her and Kira Star have. They just look really comfy and glittery. Oh, very. And and then like and then Lala's got like her little hair thing side. She's yeah. got like the blue, pink, and white. I yeah. think. it's a weird mix between so like she's painting and brushing it on simultaneously to get a headdress there. Oh. It, She's on a heart-shaped surfboard yes. on the galaxy. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, our heroine, heroine of the Milky Way, Kira Milky, and she's so wonderful. The hero of my heart. The heroine of my heart. Yeah. And we get to see her use her special move, Milky Shock. So cute. And she the, the face she makes when she does her shock and she Oh, the off. little pouty face? Yeah, she makes a little oh pouty face. God. Like, she has to hold her breath or something like that and concentrate really hard. Yeah. It, oh. It's... Oh, I, I know that Kara mentioned it earlier, and she's still completely right about it. But I don't want to understand... Everything she's saying is completely true. Like, everything is extremely expressive in this series. And if you pay attention, like, this isn't God-tier animation, but the way that they make these touches makes it yeah. really enjoyable. That you're going to enjoy every scene that you're watching. Like, uh, there's no way I can really explain it here because it's entirely visual. But I have right here in my notes, just a little note about the way they draw smiles in this yeah, show. Yeah, the smile mouth shapes. Yeah, because like, normally in anime, smiles are like a half circle, like kind of like a fish cake shape deal. Mm-hmm. But in this, it's it's there, so round. There's like, a there's a concave dip on the very top. It's of almost it. like a fingernail, sort of. Yeah, like if you take. Yeah, it's just so cute. It's I've, I haven't seen anything like it in other anime. Yeah, and it's just really nice. If you also look at Kira Star's eyes compared to Killer Milky's eyes, yeah, you guys see that they're differently shaped as well, mm-hmm. and they're they're just oh my god, every, the character design that goes into this. Yeah, the character the design in this is just a plus. I've seen a lot of the other character designs for other Precure series, and I do like them a lot. But this one just takes the cake for, for at least me, just because, wow, everything is just so A-plus and diverse. And one thing that's crazy is that they have really different outfits, but you can still tell they're on the same team, which I really appreciated mm-hmm. as well. So to finally go back to the episode, we have the Milky Shock. And what they really found funny is that we ended up like joking about it. It's like, yep, electric's, electric's good against water because there's a kappa here. But he even actually mentions it himself. Yep. He's like, water doesn't work well with electricity. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And he's gone. Yep. He and his troops teleport out. Team Rocket blasts off again. We'll go see him another day. And the episode ends with the Karu's star color pendant making a weird, like, little 
like a ring noise almost. Yeah. Like a, it has its own ringtone. Like a, like a little jingle. Yep. And that's episode two. Yeah. And I have a note here that I forgot to mention in the first ending. Jazz hands. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's a little touch. Yep. It's nothing big, but it's it's so cute. Yep. I love it. Yep, dancing, dancing, yes, dancing. End it with jazz. Oh, they actually all the precures draw a star with their finger too. Yes, they do. And you see like the little after effect of where they ended up drawing before, so there's just stars in front of all of them. Because again, this show is just covered in stars. And even on their school uniform, they have stars. And they just double down with the space motif so much. And I just love it. One thing I found surprising is that even compared to Sailor Moon, they really double down with this space motif. Mm -hmm. And I just, oh, I adore that. And jazz hands. All right, then. We'll go move on to the next episode. Episode 3. The Precures are disbanding. Search for the power of the Star Princesses. Okay, so episode three starts with everybody trying to figure out what this little jingle noise yes. is. And I think along the way they say, well, this thing has to do with the Precures or the Star Pens. And he explains a little more of this narrative. Like, yeah, each pen correlates to one of the Star Princesses who are based off the Zodiac. Yes. And we also see that each of these pens hold this special power. And as we know, like the Chaos Emeralds, if there's a power inside a MacGuffin, the enemies want it too. That yes. makes sense. All right. Problem in finding it, however, which I'm sure you're mm-hmm. going to cover, but they, uh, Hikaru and Lala have a difference in opinion on how they should search these things down using yeah. this new information. Yeah, uh, that's right. Lala ends up wanting to do things through analysis because she's a total nerd. Yes. Which I can relate to as somebody who spent the past eight years of my life dedicated towards math. Yeah, and then Hikaru just wants to go and explore. She wants to follow it. Yeah, and she wants to just go look around, whatever it is. Not really sure what she's doing, but she's going to go find it. And by being proactive, it's at least better than sitting around. Mm -hmm. And you get to see them immediately have these early fights, which is... Clash. Yeah, and I think one thing that's really interesting is because they have these differences in character, and that creates interesting chemistry as they go back and forth, Mm -hmm. this also means that they will clash in these different ways. So there are ways that characters can be foils to each other, or they can be compliments to each other, depending on the context. Yeah, and so this gives us faces. (laughs) This gives a lot of faces. We get to see a sleepy Lala, and then a very angry Lala. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I hadn't thought about the fact that this is all audio, and I can't actually show you the pictures. But they are wonderful. But we get to see a lot of expression in this episode, and that's really Absolutely. Wonderful. And I, one thing that's really interesting is that... One thing that's interesting is Hikaru's first instinct is to go straight to this little downtown marketplace. Yes. The place where she ends up buying donuts that she loves so much. And donuts. Donuts. Oh, so cute. Because uh, Fuwa starts talking. Yeah. At the most inopportune moment. Yep. So realizing, oh, snap, we might get cover blown here. Yeah. And Lala and Prince are equally upset by this idea of going to the marketplace because they're aliens and they need to find a way to fit in. Yeah. So, so how does Prince fit in? Well, we see that some children like this balloon. What? What is this balloon? Where did they get it? I don't know, but she's going to get her own. So Lala has her own balloon, which is Prince. And again, this goes to the idea of Like, they were doing a really good job of just having him constantly deform. Because before that, his plan was to say, well, I'm not here. I'm just a box. And he he deforms into just, like, this little gelatinous, a and d gelatinous cube. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm just an own box. Yep. Just nice and subtle. So, yeah, Lala and Prunts aren't having the best time. It's a bit 
uncomfortable because they might get found out by humans. They've been here for like a day. Like, it's it's totally understandable. It's scary. They've been here for like a day, have gotten attacked twice. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And then when Lala sees that, what is Hikaru doing here? Is she being useful? Hikaru is buying donuts right now. Mm -hmm. And of course, she's not pleased by this whole idea of seeing that she's just trying to buy food right now. And to make it worse, the donut lady says, yeah, I saw a UFO land the other day. Yeah. And yeah, this kind of scares everybody. Mm-hmm. And then she gives a second rumor saying, yeah, around the, there's a lake around here. And some people believe they found at night like this strange glowing dragonfly or something like that. Some bright lights around there. So that's a little weird. And of course, this only creates more of the conflict along the way. Because mm-hmm. Lala sees that, oh, you're wasting our time. You're blowing our cover. And this only escalates the bigger fights in which Fua yep. is like, mom, mom, both moms, please stop. <laughs> Before things get too much worse, though, we have somebody interrupt with a little flower. Yeah. And she is, according to Hikaru, like, I guess one of the other senpai girls Mm -hmm. in the middle school, who's considered the sun of the school because she just is so radiant and she glows in a certain way. And her name's Elena, and I absolutely love her. Wonderful. Yeah. One thing that's interesting is that this isn't a thing that normally has to be pointed out, but I think it is worth pointing out. She is not fully Japanese. Mm-hmm. She is definitely Latina, mm-hmm. and she's not from around here. And her family has a little flower shop, and she gives them the flowers along the way, saying like, "Hey, just let's everybody let's get along here. Just please smile." Yeah. And that's one thing I love that she's just cementing her place into a mom friend. And if you end up reading like a lot of community and forums around here, I think that's the best way to describe her as everybody's favorite lesbian mom friend. Yep. And I could only love her more from that. But we're going to see more of her in the future, so we're going to hold off on that because she doesn't appear for the rest of the episode. Nope. But they're able to cool it a little bit, and they're also able to finally talk to each other about, hey, what's going on? Because they're getting into, like, bigger and bigger fights Mm -hmm. here afterward, even after they got the flower. And as they're trying to march along afterwards, things just absolutely escalate. Mm -hmm. And before... And it sounds like... um, It sounds like Hikaru is about to say, I hate you to her, Mm -hmm. and... She's about to say, Daiki. Yep. And meanwhile, you can see that Lala says, I don't get you humans. You're just like kind of like wasting time. You're weird to me. And that's completely fair. She's not from around here and things are scary. We're like soft serving this though. This is, they're yelling this. They're like very upset. Yeah. Yeah. And before things get worse, we have little Fua. Little Fua comes up. Mom, mom, stop crying. (laughs) Or stop fighting. Yeah, stop fighting. Yeah. And then it's like two parents who have to just do things for the kid. She just, uh, just keeps saying, like, get along. Get along. Yeah. It's so sweet. And she's ho- still holding Elena's flower, too, mm-hmm. while she's doing this. And, uh, oh, she's a little sweetheart. Breaks my heart. Yeah. It broke my heart. And we get to see the girls actually apologize this episode, mm-hmm. too, which was really sweet. And we get to understand what's going on. And we get to see that Hikaru's just not this just dense person wanting food all the time. She just honestly thought that this marketplace was a place where she got the most information. And she's a very social girl, so she can find out what rumors are going mm-hmm. on. And technically, it was true. She learned that, one, people did have rumors of UFO around. And two, there is something mysterious around here. And by and then because she was kind of like just spinning around, she was able to get a small additional jingle at some point as well. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to figure that out on her own. But because Lala was analyzing, she wouldn't have time to listen to Hikaru. And it was just nice to see what both of them bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And why, well, there's a kid's show. It's just the moral here is just try to listen to each other before yeah. fighting Communicate. More. Communication. Both of us are interested in communication studies. Yes, very much so. And it's uh, it's just so great that they're trying to emphasize that little aspect of to get through a fight isn't about just resolving the fight. 
it's about trying to understand what other people are trying to go through. Mm-hmm. And that's how they resolve things. And they can see by working together and working like a compass, they can use the pendant to find their first pen. Yep. And, and so Hikaru <laughs> leans down to get it. And then one of the not rays just picks it up. <laughs> picks it up, right? <laughs> just like taking candy from a baby. It was yeah. it was just comical. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was supposed to be like a serious thing. Like, oh, oh like, no. I'm sure. Like if, yeah. if you're a kid, you're like, oh my god, they took it. How could that have happened? We didn't see that coming. <laughs> it was really funny. It was like it's so out of nowhere. We haven't seen the... It's so casual. The only time we've seen any of the bad guys is that earlier in the episode when they talked about the whole idea of like the dragonfly by the lake, we see that there is Kapard by the lake taking like a bath there mm-hmm. and meets this other girl, um, the Tengu girl. Was it Tenjo? Yes, Tenjo. Yeah, this like gorgeous Tengu lady. And the first we see of her is like a bright silhouette on like this edge, ledge of her stepping, doing like this big dramatic oh, step click with her heels. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there's no that's, way that's kill that that kill. was not an homage to Satsuki Kiryuin from Kill a Kill. Oh, it absolutely has to be. I feel like this is this series is just like a love letter in a lot of different directions. Oh, it definitely is. It's also kind of cute that the the first bad guy general is like this kappa, and then like she's a tengu as well. Yeah, it's got the big long nose. Yeah, but uh, it's kind of wonderful because she has like this, it's like a, the big long nose on her mask. Mm-hmm. And it was like, just a really good way to play it out while still making her like... Feminine and villainy. And quite attractive. And pretty. I have to rush her too. I love her. Uh, and so, then, anyway, Space Sotsky is out yeah, for the pen. pen. Yeah, because one thing I really like is these different generals have different missions too. Yes. Capard is mainly looking for Fua to stop the precures. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Tenjo is looking for the pens themselves for that power source. So it's kind of interesting to see that these aren't just competing generals, they're generals who have different roles, different powers and different ways they wish to do things. Because one thing that's interesting is that in the previous two episodes, Capard has his lightsaber, mm-hmm. and he's immediately going out against these girls. But for Tenjo, she doesn't lay a finger. She's a commander, yep. and she's basically strategic with the way that she uses her forces. So they have her, like, they're literally fanning out to make this strategic position so they can't take it back. Mm-hmm. So, well, Hikaru just dives straight in, gets blasted a ton of times. It's yep. not fun getting a shot, but she's a pre so she'll shake it off. Yep. And Lala isn't doing super well, but they decide working together, they can do it. Yeah. And so we get dual transformation scenes. Yes. They transform together and sing together. Yes. And that's one thing I really love a lot because it's something I didn't even think about before of, oh, wow, what are the ramifications of having this, like, the singing part of transformation yes. is that when they transform together, they sing together. Just when you thought that it, like... The transformations couldn't get any better. Yep. And it makes me really look forward to later in the series when you see all the precures at oh once doing a team transformation. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so hyped for that. And you get to see them have this dual transformation. Super cute, super fun. And especially for these two because there's that symmetry between them. Oh, God, it's so adorable. But you get to see them work together. And the way they have it happen is they still jump in the air again to avoid these ground forces. Mm-hmm. They blast up. And then Lala, or... Sorry, Cure Milky has her little heart shield. Mm-hmm. She can create a little shield now as, her, as a new power of hers. And then after creating this barrier, they end up like still falling and flying through the air and just tossing her into the air. And that way, while everything's distracted, Kira Star is able to take the pen back. The pen gets purified and we get to see Taurus because we get to see our first upgraded move as we're going to have a shonen power-up. Yeah. Because we have Taurus Star Punch this time. 
And you can see her just, like, nuke the entire area. Oh, absolutely. With a star punch. And Team Rocket blasts again. And this was just delightful. And afterwards, once the smoke is cleared, we get a, well, wakey-wakey with the princess. Yeah. And with waking the princess up, we have to go have the pen connected to the pendant. Mm-hmm. And once those things are connected, we get to awaken the princess again. And she has to go draw in her notebook the constellation for Taurus. Oh, and she's so pretty, though. Yeah, and we wait before that. We gotta see her though. We gotta see Fua transform actually. Yes. Oh my God, so f- cute cow Fua. Yeah, we have a little Taurus Fua, and Taurus Fua ends up opening a little warp gate to send them to the Star Palace. And the Star Palace is kind of like an ocarina of time when you see the sages just sitting around in space. It's kind of like that, except with twelve slots. And we get to see Miss Tor- um, Taurus, who is just. So pretty. So pretty. Uh, I would think, and she was also the one who sent uh, Prince away for the first time as well. With yes. Fua. And I think that was all... Was that also like a sci-fi reference of saying like, um, please save us, Prince, you're our only hope? I think so. That yeah. feels pretty sci-fi. That's a um, Battlestar thing, right? No. <laughs> it's, a, a, it's a Trek war. Yeah. 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 Yep, I got Definitely. it. It's a Trek war. And we got to see... But it's also like... It, makes, it feels a little bit video gamey of you have saved. Thank you so much for saving me, but there are still eleven left mm-hmm. of us. Please yeah, keep like searching. Yeah, like of time. Like yep. you have to get the gemmy thingies. You have to get the little gemmies, and then you have to go get the other gemmies, and then you have to go get the sage, meet all the sages. Yeah, and that was just you. Can, you can feel this, and it almost feels like we want this to be a video game. Yeah, like I have that right here. Yeah. Just when uh, we saw the pen power ups, that yeah. was the moment where I was like. This would make such a cool video game. I do want to have a Century Study episode later in which we could talk about how we would build our own Mario Shoujo video games. Yes. Yeah, I would like that a lot. Because just from watching the way they end up fighting around in this, you could feel like, oh, maybe it could be like a Tecmo Koei game in which, you know, like kind of like Hyrule Warriors in which you're just going through huge hordes all at once with the Notres. Or it can be like an RPG or maybe it can be a beat-em-up. There, maybe it can be like Final Fantasy and be like an action RPG type thing. I'd be down for so much. And if they had co-op as well, oh. or you can make your own... This is... We can talk about this for hours. So yeah, <laughs> I, like I talked about the, the MMO idea, where just everyone just yeah. makes their own pre-cure, and you have a million pre-cures all yep. in one and place. You, oh, and you can create your own parties as well. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we can talk about this for hours, and I'm pretty sure we will in the future. Yes, in the future. But I think that concludes episode... Three with the t- I guess the last thing before the episode ends is one last note. Yeah, if I may say, we kind of skipped over when they're transforming together. We noticed the little detail of when you see their eyes close up. Uh, we have Lala who has like a predominantly like sea green uh, color motif. Mm-hmm. She has a little bit of pink in her eyes, mm-hmm. and then you have Hikaru who's oh, pink yeah. and has a little bit of green in her eyes. We we really hardcore ship it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. This isn't like this is not with any like special like motive or anything like that. No. We just think that they're really cute, and there's been a lot of LGBTQ content anyways in a lot of Maho Shoujo. like the most famous series ever. Like you have Madoka or Sailor Moon, yeah. are some of the most like high lesbian energy series. Yeah, and well, the, Madoka's. I mean, yeah, spoilers. Yep, entirely about lesbian. It, it all happens because lesbian. Yeah, and we're saying that as people who are also there as well. We're not just like pointing or laughing at it. We no. are we are like not we're not just allies. We are those things. Yeah. <laughs> we are LGBTQ. And like 
it's really nice to see that representation, and it happens a lot in, well, Maha Shoujo. Mm-hmm. And you've, whether it's the happy and cute ones, the classic ones, the surprisingly unnecessarily dark ones, it happens in every single one of them that there is a lot of queer content, and I really appreciate that. I do too. <sighs> but I guess to end off this episode, we get to see Prince just say, yeah, this is the power of the precures when they're working together. I wonder what it would be like if we get even more of them as the camera pans over to Elena's little flower that she gave off. Yeah. And credits. Okay, so we don't need to do any real ratings because it's, this we is a... We both ra- know it's 10 out of 10. It's 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10 if we're allowed. S tier. Yeah. We love this. Uh, we can't help the gush. It gives me a life. Is there anything else that you want to last second gush about? Because oh. as we're study buddy, I'm going to be honest, for this study segment, I just want to gush. Because there's so much we can talk about of what we tiny details that we appreciate from this series. And next time we'll have a real study set, or next time we'll have a real study break. But this today's study break is just us gushing. It just makes me happy. Like there's no intellectuality to this. There doesn't need to be. I'm just happy. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? But just express my genuine joy watching this i think there are just so many different ways that we can see why if other pre-cure series are like this i can see how i was able to persist for 15 years and i'm sure every single one's different Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that there are some that people liked some that people didn't like and that's fine as both of us are really new to pre-cure i think both of us can now kind of see the appeal behind it Mm -hmm. because this is probably like now in our top 10 favorite anime of all time yeah like, and we're just starting. Like we've already said, like we both can see ourselves like when we're when we we're children. Yeah. Like anywhere from like five to seven, nine, yeah. like we would love this. We would have yeah. loved to have this in our lives back then. Absolutely. Like if I were um if I were just I remember when I was like five years old, ten years old, fifteen years old, <laughs> twenty years old. Yeah. Twenty three years old. I'd be watching Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I got into anime by, like, whatever was on, like, Toonami, Kids WB, yeah. and stuff like that. And I know that there's a lot of flack against the idea of, like, Glitter Force and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I get it, because localization can be pretty frustrating for people who are big fans of things. And if things are pretty awkward or cringy or not faithful, I can see why some fans would be upset. Mm-hmm. But if I got to see a series like this when I was younger, I would be in love with it forever. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. We're adults who are in love with it now. Yeah. I think that just shows that despite being, it's unarguably a kid's show. Yes, but absolutely. It's just really fun. And one thing that's also notable is that as adults, we were never bored for a second. This no. is lightning pacing. It, it absolutely like flew by. Like every, when we, <laughs> oh, yeah. the first time we watched, when we watched the first two episodes, yeah. like every single time it yeah. would finish, I'm like, yeah. that was 20 minutes? Yeah. She was almost upset by how fast it was. Yeah. Like I needed more. Yeah. So we took in more. And we're really excited to do more of these because we watched three episodes, but that felt like an instant. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, we watched like one episode of something. Yeah. And that's not to say that things didn't happen. Things were constantly happening, uh, whether it was just like humor or character development or story or whatever it's going to be. But there's just a lot going on, blistering pacing. I think I've just gotten so jaded from anime that are trying to like be clever and mm-hmm. and subversive and, and like try to get be like, oh, I'm so unique, I'm doing this or saying this, mm-hmm. that it's just so nice to have something that's just being itself. It's played straight, it's unironic, mm-hmm. it's just passionate about being fun. Actually, I think one, this is, and this is completely a theory, but one of the things that when you think about the pacing for manga 
is that everything has to be chapter by chapter. Yes. And because of that, you pace it chapter to chapter, right? But when you adapt it to anime, things are relatively slow paced then or awkwardly paced. Mm-hmm. They either have to reform things or they have to fit multiple chapters into the same episode. If if you're Black Clover, you should fit it into one episode for per chapter. Um, <laughs> but Or if you're something like um, One Punch Man or Mob Psycho 100, you rewrite most of the story and take like the core beats and think about how you can turn it into a really good series. So pacing is a really awkward thing when you want to adapt things. And because a lot of my favorite things, like Zombieland Saga, for example, doesn't have an original manga. It was just no. straight to anime. And I think because of that, they could actually embrace what it means to make an episode. Mm-hmm. When you end up doing something like Shonen, for example, or even some shoujo, you end up having an episode pass, and it feels like the episode is just the sequel to the previous episode and a prequel to the next one. Yep. But in this one, every single episode is very self-contained, mm-hmm. and because it's self-contained and doesn't have to go um, chain things together too much, it has lightning pacing. In the first episode, they went into magic within the first five seconds. Yeah. It was I, it was really surprising to me because I thought they would spend some time fleshing out the world and taking their time. Mm-hmm. But no, no. She, she finished her first drawing, immediately magical. And I found that really surprising of how lightning fast the pacing was and how I didn't have any struggle to keep up despite that. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot of stuff happening in three episodes, and it felt good. Yeah, it was all easy to follow. But it was still also... But this isn't to say that it was shallow either. No. It was just really fun. It's engaging, good, clean, simple fun. What else can we gush about? Oh, gosh. I, I want to have a quick gush about what I think are the thematics of this entire series. Sure. I, I'm a complete nerd who loves to look at things like symbolism and stuff like that. But I think when we combine the primary... I guess... I, put this series into three different pillars and I would say one is relationships one is the literal one of science fiction and space and the last one would be art and the way that you use the word imagination all the time uh, Kira Star ends up greeting each episode with I'm gonna use my imagination you get to see every single transformation have them literally draw on their transformation outfits Every single part from the opening and ending is extremely colorful and well animated. You get to see them also draw the constellations in order to summon things back again. And it just makes me wonder if like when you have the idea of art together and relationships and space, that there's just this fundamental theme that this show is about endless possibility. When you just want to tie all this together into a nice knot. Uh, I also love how a lot of this series is a love letter to just a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I feel like obviously we have Capard as you know, Captain Picard. Um, the opening and ending have little synthetic parts, which make it feel a little more sci-fi-esque. Mm-hmm. We have actual aliens. We have actual spaceships. We have the greeting that Lala has feel a little bit E.T.-esque. We have this main character who's super into cryptids and space. Her father was, has this, you know, entire observatory area. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of her friends is this older guy, the one who looks like Dr. Light, Mr. Mm-hmm. Rio who is also like actually owns the local observatory or planetarium or whatever it is. And you get to see her room, which is just covered in books about space and drawings of space. All of it ends up just tying together to say like, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun here. Anything could happen. I just, I don't, I don't have anything else to add. All right. Then I think we're going to go close off with her plugs. So sounds good. Guest plugs. Where can people find you? Oh gosh. Uh, I've got a Twitter at beta carotene. You can put that in 
doobly doo. There's there is a doobly doo yep. somewhere. I can right? put in the doobly doo. Yeah. I think I also follow you on Sunshy Study. Yeah, it's kind of like the carrot thing, yep. but with my name. And I also have a YouTube channel called that. There's nothing on it yet. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Maybe animations. Maybe stuff like this. Uh, and then I have a Let's Play channel, an awful Let's Play channel with uh, one of my other friends, Seth, called Blidio Bames. Yeah, Blidio Bames is really fun. I think Sanic Ball and Galgun are probably some of my favorite things you've made there. Well, that's like two of three series we've done. If you're going to watch something on there, watch Galgun or Sanic Ball. You can skip Portal. Yeah, just skip Portal. It's not... (laughs) It was a test run. We were getting our, our feet, our voices. Yeah. Just watch Galgun. You're getting your voices wet and your feet heard. Yep. Yep. Also, she does all the thumbnails herself, which are very well made. I absolutely oh, adore those. I believe she also does the editing. Yes. Which I can appreciate as the editor here. And, of course, I'm going to go have to plug for myself, Cuddlefish Tweet on Twitter. And there's also a Senshi Study Twitter now. Please go follow that. If you have any comments or anything like that, you can go put those in if you want to go talk about the previous episode. And we'll go put them into the next episode if you actually put those there, if you want to go be in the next episode. On top of that, I'll probably also give updates when there are going to be future episodes. And I'll probably give tiny rants, tiny discussions, or anything else that's probably not worth a full episode of me making onto that Twitter. So please go follow that. If you're on iTunes or YouTube, whatever you use it for this, you know how the drill is. If you're able to comment, share, anything else to help us out, that would be fantastic. And we're really happy to hear anything that people have to say anyways. But I think that's all we have today. So class dismissed. Dragonite, 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 tonight. All of us will sing together like we're best of friends. Moonlight, starry skies, firebirds. Tonight, let's dance everybody until the sunrise. Oh, 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 o